we are we running? Oh, we're on. This pile of dry erase markers. Break up dawn. None of these really work anymore. Uh, Except for maybe this blue one. I haven't found one that doesn't work, but I've only used the blue and the black, and there's two identical of the blue. Really? Well, look, there's shit written on I know, our board. I know. As I said that, I was like, well, clearly that's not true, because you, you're writing with something. And I realized that every guest has commented on our whiteboard. We should put a bunch of random shit up there that has nothing to do with it, and, and see if somebody sees the... Uh, you know, spaceship. More more random than uh, a list that says Red Dawn, Tron, Frozen Food, Tacos, and NerdCon. Yep. More random. Uh, no, this dry erase marker thing, though, this is something I suck at. Uh, I just told my wife, oh, I'll go get some more dry erase markers because we don't have any that work. And then I just bought all these dry erase markers, and clearly we have some that work. There's some that work. That sucks. Well, these these became the podcast markers because podcast markers. because when when we said hey we need a whiteboard you ripped a whiteboard out of your grow room yeah and brought all the markers. Well, I'm really into organizing my life. I'm always like oh I will put a whiteboard up and get super organized yeah. and then I use it for like two days and then it's just on there and then my notes from six months ago are still up there. So I'm happy that we're that it's here. We're using it's it, actually yeah. useful. Uh, I might get us a bigger one even. That would be cool. There's a Costco one, and it also accepts magnets. Does this not accept magnets? Nope. That sucks. I had to test it. Uh, Brian Herbal. Brian Herbal. So excited. Super cool dude. Uh, super relaxed. He uh, has a calming energy. He is the Valium of humans. Yeah. He's really, like, I feel like I could use a dose of him every he's, week. He's my version of Westworld. He's my real life version of Westworld. When I want to like uh, pretend that times were simpler, yeah, and hang out and have a conversation as if it's eighteen uh, eighty, yeah, Brian Herbal in the best possible way. I don't mean that like in a <laughs> that was that started to sound condescending. No, like city mouse and country mouse type he, bullshit. Yeah, uh, uh, he cuts through the bullshit somehow. Yeah, and he's got shit to talk about, and he's got a he's got a million valid opinions. Yep, and good fucking lord, he's a professional archaeologist. He's an archaeologist. Yeah, and our com- it's, it's if anything, it's, it's sort of hard to have a conversation with him because there's so many things to talk about. You can go on his uh, website. Uh, what is it? Brian Herbal Photography. Brian spelled like brain, but with the letters switched. Yeah. Herbal H E R B E L. Photography spelled normally. Dot com. com, and uh, he's he's also an amazing photographer. And and the photography is a good way if you want to get a sense of just how many things this dude has his fingers in. Uh, yeah, old time musician. Old time musician. He's an archaeologist. Uh, I think he's a bit of a connoisseur of uh, uh, forgotten ways of doing things. Yeah, as in a, as, specifically as a home chef. Uh huh. Yeah, and then he's he's doing a lot of stuff in in uh, he manages a community garden. Um, and it's just a really neat, solid dude. And Nobody has anything bad to say about him. No. Well, if you have anything bad to say about him, uh, you can contact us uh, at jamieandtravispresent at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet us at jamietravispod. Uh, we're on Facebook. Yeah, follow us on Facebook. Um, leave us a review. 
Uh, and if you have anything bad to say about Brian, we would love to hear about it, uh, but don't do it publicly. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Because uh, he doesn't deserve it. And also, I wouldn't believe you. Yeah, you're full of shit. He's the best. By the way, that's Jamie, J-A-M-I-E. Yeah. When do you think we need to stop spelling my name? You, you. I think you've done it every episode, so I just took it over. All right, that's cool. Uh, well, I'd, I'd feel bad. I'd feel bad if, I'd feel bad if we got an email that was like, you know, uh, Travis is really cool, but Jaime is not as, as exciting. You, if they, if they not only shit on you as a podcaster, but also spelled your name wrong, uh, I would feel, I would feel horrible. Well, I would say that if we got the email, they spelled my name right. Oh, maybe. So that's not even a possible maybe. scenario. You well, that's just... even worse, is they spelled the email address correctly, but decided, well, Jaime is not a very good podcaster. Well, that's character assassination, basically. Oh, uh, such a bunch of dicks. But, uh, yeah, we hope that you enjoy our our conversation with Brian. It is definitely uh, covers a lot of topics. It's the only way to talk to that dude. We are knee-deep in some... Delicious black roasting coffee right now. Too. Oh yeah. Also, the black coffee has a lot of their holiday stuff happening right Drift now. Drift is out. Uh, Drift is out. Drift is out. It's delicious. They also have a uh, a Sumatra that was aged in a whiskey barrel from Montgomery Distillery. And if you like a warm whiskey overtone to your coffee mm. without uh, the inebriating effects of whiskey. This is a very nice route to go. This is almost not safe for work. And they're not going to have it very long. No, it's just quick. So, go get some. Quick. Uh, this is Jamie. And Travis. Present. present. Uh, enjoy our conversation with Brian. Yay. So, okay, I'm on your website here. Yeah. And it's brianherbalphotography.com. Yep. yep. Uh Gastronom, you got all these different categories. You're a man of many talents. I have a couple hats. What's your job? Um, I am an archaeologist. I have a, a master's degree in anthropology, specializing in archaeology. But what I do, like, there's the academic side of archaeology, and then there's what I do is called uh, cultural resource management, which is like. <laughs> Pretty much anytime there's federal money attached to a ground-disturbing project, like we're one of the hoops they got to go through as part of the um, national, uh, I should know this, Historic Preservation Act. Okay. So you go through first to make sure there's not like a burial site or something of interest. Yeah, we'll, we'll go out in advance and, and uh, do like a pedestrian survey. Just which, walking around. Just walking around. Um whether it's like a linear thing, like a pipeline or a fiber optic line, or I've done a lot of like reservoir drawdowns when there's like a dam mm -hmm. relicensing. So they want to understand the archaeology that's affected by the reservoir pool. Or sometimes I really like doing like big block surveys, like for a land swap or something. It's just like go survey this section, yeah. the whole section. So like we just, you know, go on a compass bearing and up and down, up and down, up and down. So do you uh, do you find stuff? Oh yeah, is it cool? It's pretty cool. What's, yeah. What's give me give me some highlights? Arrowheads. Arrowheads. Do you find a lot of arrowheads. Find a lot of arrowheads. Uh, but we also do historic stuff too, like mines, um, old CCC camps. Um, you know, 
old railroads, like historic era stuff too. But prehistoric, you know, yeah, a lot of arrowheads, a lot of like the kind of leftover flakes of making an arrowhead, you know what I mean? Or like quarrying rock. I really like um, old cooking features. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like old earth ovens are pretty easy to spot and cut banks and stuff. Cool. Yeah. Uh, earth ovens from like, from Native American? Yeah, like a big, um, I did a lot of work around Sandpoint. Yeah. Uh, Albany Falls and uh, up by Medellin where they found these giant camas roasting ovens where they wow. would like heat all these rocks and like there was a process like you'd heat all these usually like quartzite cobbles, get them really hot and then just layer it, layer it and then you'd put a bunch of camas bulbs in there because you can't eat it raw, right? Yeah. You have to convert it, the starches, the sugars through cooking and then like you pull that out after however long and make little cakes out of it or something. So if you found something like that, is it is it the kind of thing where you're like, oh, we found it and then the engineering company is like, sweet, get yeah. out of here. That would be mostly the oil and gas industry are like, oh, great. Fucking, yeah. yeah. All right. Now what, you know, here's a bunch of money to like either do a really shitty job and move on or like, I don't know. There's some clients are good. Some are like very like view us as very obstructionist and like they just want us to get the fuck out of the way. But you, they need you. They, they have, have to, to you. yeah. But there's ways that they can like pressure you. To basically not give you enough time to do the job right. And then we just got to do, either got to like hold your ground, which we often try to do. So you probably sometimes come in contact with some of the most evil people in the world. Pretty much. Oh, <laughs> James Bond villains. Uh, That's why you went to college. Uh, have you found a dinosaur? Bob? I have, yeah. Really? Yeah. What kind? Um, it was a jawbone of something. Uh a jawbone of something? A megasaurus, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know, but uh, but yeah, that's a buddy of mine made a shirt once with a dinosaur with a you know, circle in line, like, we don't do dinosaurs. No, you don't do oh, dinosaurs? Yeah. So it's like, usually when I tell people I'm an archaeologist, they're like, oh, cool, you must find tons of dinosaurs. But I have found, I have found a lot of, like, locality, fossil localities. What is, I don't know, what is that? Like a spot. Where there are a bunch yeah. of fossils. Mm-hmm. Mm, triglobites. Yeah. Which... Take us it, out there. In most states, uh, if it's an invertebrate fossil, you can collect, like, several tons a day or something. Several tons? <laughs> yeah, like oh. like marine fossils, like little shells and such. So we could start this little side business. This is our new business. Yeah. Pod Professional podcasters and and gross tonnage of fossils. Yeah. Oh. Polishing fossils. Finally. Oh, Finally. Yeah. But, Polishing uh, fossils. But that's not so... That's not so often... But, yeah, I've found a lot of uh, pretty interesting things, but it uh, it's usually the places that I get to go, which are not generally places one would have access to or would find yourself. Yeah. So from, okay, so maybe maybe I'm being presumptuous, but uh, <laughs> I... It's going to get weird, sorry. Oh, boy. <laughs> you, you have an energy and a look, uh-huh. and knowing that you're into archaeology... And knowing what I know about your music, uh-huh. uh, that you seem like a person who would love it if you were alive in a different era. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You like old, old, old timey stuff. I'm like 150 years too late to the party. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Maybe 200. That's awesome. That's Have you always been like 200. that? Kinda, I suppose. Yeah. What do you, can you can you talk like what why? What is it? 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, I grew up in Wyoming. My dad was a game warden, so like we kind of were just out in the sage a lot, and, and I just had like that fostered in me at a young age. Like we used to take pack trips, like old, you know, take a pack string in and stay yeah. in, the, in the in a wall tent for a couple of weeks when I was a kid, and like that kind of I don't know mountain man esque paradigm was was always there. Yeah, and. Every world is full of bullshit now. Yeah, I because I get I get it. I get the the like looking back and feeling nostalgic yeah. about everything and wanting. It's pretty fun. Because like now everything fucking god damn it, man. Yeah. Did you just bring Did you just bring it back around to Trump? So I'd like to talk about <laughs> Trump for the rest of the hour and a half yeah. you're here. Yeah, that's gonna be real good for my job next year. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, does that Does that worry you? Do you have a Did you have a, a like a a, a pang? An kind instant. of, because, like, I mean, oh, shit. Yeah. so there's going to be all this infrastructure stuff, right? Like, bridges and roads, like, cool, all right, like, that's going to trigger all this archaeology. But I feel like that they're going to sidestep a lot of stuff in the yeah. effort of, like, why the fuck is this taking so long? Let's streamline this and, like, make America great again by, like, you know, destroying our cultural heritage. Right. You know. What, a, again, what the fuck are they talking what the fuck? about? Yeah, know. well... But I don't know. That remains to be seen. Like the whole drill, baby drill thing that's going to happen. Yeah, isn't she the number two choice for the interior? That's fun. Oh, uh, Sarah. No, I think she just got she just got shortlisted oh, to the uh, Department of Veterans Affairs. Holy oh, shit! Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Right? <laughs> she uh, seems uh, that's horrible. Yeah, she <laughs> really so horrible. I don't get that one. She always seems drunk now. <laughs> uh, Painkillers. Painkillers. Oh, yeah, it's painkillers. She's rich. She's a rich, rich white woman. So it's loopy. It's, yeah. it's painkillers. It's uh, had a little Botox. Took a couple pills. Yeah. Mm. So she washes them down with some homemade Chardonnay or something. Vodka. Just, she got yeah. some, <laughs> some homemade Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you dudes know each other. We do. We play music together. Yeah. I was just hanging square dance posters. He was just doing work for a square dance band that we have together that I don't do any work for. Which is yeah. that's like me in this podcast. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> it's true. So it, it's kind of a round rock, like a circle of life yeah. thing. You're probably doing something for somebody that's helping him. Sweet. Thus, we're <laughs> that was that was yeah. that was a stretch, wasn't it? Reaching, <laughs> reaching. Uh, yeah, we play music together. Uh, we've known each other for a long time. What's the square dance band called? The Beat Tops. But beat like in, like it's a produce as in fruit of the earth. Name. Yeah. Yes. Beat Tops. Yeah. When are you guys gonna play again? Tuesday. Tuesday? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's square dancing. And this will have already this will already have played. So we should. When's the oh, one we in? Can't. Uh, do we have a dance in January? January tenth. January tenth is the next dance. Then which will be for this audience. Uh, that one will be stacked heavy with people from the Rocky Mountain Ballet Company. Now Wait, we're talking. What? Yeah. Like dancing? No, I think they're having a dinner at the Top Hat before <clears throat> our dance. So. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that will be an interesting yeah. collision. Let's do this. The ballet thing. people and the square dance yeah, people. Yeah, they'll actually want to do it. Do you I guys assume. Do you guys get people that like show up and know like are ready to rock, <laughs> or is it people Man. that are having dinner and they're like, "Oh, I'm going to try this." Yeah. We get both. It's a fair mix, yeah. Yeah, there are there there's a there's a crew. There is definitely. I don't know any of them by name. You know them probably. They've probably all been in your house. I don't. I don't know them, but there's like ten people that are. Always there. There has been times. They're uh, really good, and there's gangs of uh, foreign students from the university that have come down too. 
Oh, yes. really? It's pretty. It makes for a pretty fun time. Well, because they're probably. Yeah. I would imagine if I came from Japan and it was my first month in Missoula, I'd be like, "Oh, square dancing. Yeah. That's what they do in Montana." Thank yeah. you for not using the most horrible accent impression I, ever. That I was can't. so good. Thank you. No, that was good because I, I really wanted to dive into what you think Japanese people sound like, but uh, I don't have to. Every I accent I do is Jamaican Irish, no matter what. I just all I heard was I was waiting for some some rolled R's or no not rolled R's but uh, some uh, W'd R's and some other things. I'm I'm glad that didn't. Happen. Oh man, yeah. Uh, but now it feels like it did because you no that no, out. no it didn't. We're just waiting. I'm so happy that you didn't. It's going to inadvertently come out later when we're talking about Trump again, maybe. So <laughs> yes, uh, there should be at some point now that I'm brainstorming, we should uh, advertise at the university. Somehow, I think we uh, we sometimes hang posters there. Because they—that's—that's that's a whole bunch of people. I'm a little uh, late out of the gate this week hanging posters. You—you you broke your ankle. I almost broke my ankle. Yeah. How'd you do that? Uh, hunting. We uh, Jen and I had the Hogback Cabin, which is a stellar rental up Rock, up Rock Creek. Creek. Yeah, we had it Saturday and Sunday night. Whoa, a weekend. <clears throat> yeah, after Thanksgiving, lots of turkey sandwiches. Oh um, yeah. But uh, yeah, slipped off a log coming out. Uh, hunting on Saturday evening, rolled it real good, and um, kind of boozed my way through yes. Saturday night. A little chronic tonic and some beer, and uh, so you really did it like it was a hundred years ago. Yep, that was yeah. Like we were putting a puzzle together, and <laughs> Jen's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I must put another log on the fire." <laughs> Limping around, and but by Sunday morning, it was it was clear that like. I should go. You're gonna have get to amputate it. Yeah. yeah, it was clear. So she got a axe out, and I was like, "Wait, wait, wait! Let's go to the Phillipsburg Hospital, <laughs> keeping with old timey." Which wow. I was thinking about this, and like, I think, like a rural or a small town emergency room, as long as you kind of have like a basic need, you know, it's not like brain surgery or something. Like, it's like going, it's like going to a fancy restaurant. Yeah. And sitting at the bar, right? Like you get oh. you get better service, same food, same stuff, but maybe you get better service and maybe you get a couple of free drinks and like it's a much easier time. Like I was in and out of there in two hours. It was great. Yeah, but also it comes with a fifteen hundred dollar tab, automatically. I, I think it's going to be a lot cheaper than if I would have gone to St. Pat's. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, and plus I think the the big plastic boot that I'm not wearing today. Um, was maybe free. Are you not wearing because it snowed and it's icy out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, that's why. Yeah. I was like, this, this ankle stability is a bunch of bullshit. No, I can't drive with it, so. Oh. Um, the St. Pat's emergency visit is like 675 right now. Uh, my thumb injury last year. Oh, because you actually had to have work done. No, they put three stitches in. He told me, he, he was like, you probably will never be able to move your thumb again. Here's three stitches. $1,300. See you later. Plus, it probably Jeez. took all day. Oh. And I walked there. They like, gave you local anesthetic? They gave me local anesthetic. So local, the local was like 100 bucks, and each stitch was like 100 bucks. And it was only three stitches. He was like, the surgeon's just going to have to open this up on Monday. Uh, someone put three stitches in. <laughs> like, how about some duct tape and some Fuck super glue? Or yeah, something? Why did I come here? Yeah. Why did I come in here? Ugh. Like, my thumbs hurt. Well... <laughs> it's almost cut off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, emergency room. Is that the only time you've ever been to an emergency room? Can't be. You were just describing them in detail. Have you ever had? Uh, have you had a work injury? Have you had uh, some sort of? 
No, but uh, crossing Careful. logs. So that's one of our uh, work major work injuries. Is like the old stick to the eye, <laughs> or like uh, nobody's paying attention. Yeah, well, because uh, you're like looking at your compass or something, or looking at the ground. You know, archaeologists were yeah. always just staring at the ground. Oh. Then you're like, stick to the eye. Okay. Back to archaeology. Yes. Uh, what? How do I ask this question? It it seems really cool. I bet you're a really fun person to drive around with. Because I imagine you can see things in a landscape that have stories behind them. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are there? Are there things about Missoula that are sort of uh, like? hidden uh, that mm. are everywhere or fairly ubiquitous that people like are just not seeing that's really cool well it would be hard because there's so much development here you know yeah. like another thing that I do is like historic architecture so like that would be the thing that we most readily see here but like you know in the old days as it is now <clears throat> like a good camp spot's a good camp spot right like, yeah where a stream hits a river confluences good solar exposure nice and flat yeah you know so like there's probably massive prehistoric archaeological sites like where the bitter root hits the clark fork yeah. where rock creek comes into the clark yeah. fork where uh, rattlesnake creek comes into the clark fork you know but it's covered by a hotel right and probably back then there wasn't the regulatory stuff to really to go look for it yeah but you know i mean thinking of like Hellgate Canyon right at that mouth when, you know, they were growing a lot of vegetables there, right? Yeah. Like a bunch of farms. They probably plowed shit up all, all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Historical architecture, that reminds me of a building downtown. How do you feel about the pave or save the Merc? Oh, we geez, like to, We yeah. like to talk about local stuff. Yeah, and look, to preface that, how old does it have to, to be to be culturally significant uh, in 50 years 50 years which is which is weird now that we're all older and like now you know like trailer parks are becoming 50 years old like mm. the interstate highway system just turned 50 a couple years ago I think and like you know these things as our populations increase like there's just more stuff right like in 1850 there was that many less buildings yeah right but now in like 1970 which is pretty much on the cusp that we're at yeah all kinds of shit. Well, yeah, like all the like shitty, uh, you know, manufactured suburbs. Right. Are about 50 years old now. So I should say, though, like when I find something, whether it's a prehistoric site, a historic archaeological site, or a architectural um, historic architecture, like we evaluate it based on like a, this set of criteria to if it's going to be eligible to be included in the National Register of Historic Places or not, and if it's not, like, if it doesn't satisfy these criteria, like, you know, uh, associated with a famous person, a famous event, or, like, some uh, degree of um, craftsmanship, or the kind of catch-all is, like, well, does it contribute to the history of that area? Yeah. So if it doesn't meet those criteria, then it's like, okay, cool, we just kind of make note of it and move on, but if it does meet those criteria, then there's all these things that go into place to protect it like if it's an archaeological site on a pipeline we're like well you got to go around it yeah so you're like kind of the gatekeeper of history somewhat because you could just you be like this doesn't, oh, this doesn't fucking matter yeah this thing sucks this isn't that interesting <laughs> yeah uh we dug a fence post hole uh-huh. out here last year and 
uh, you know Jeff Turman. Oh yeah. He was digging it and he hit something metal. Oh. And they were doing some work on Scott Street or something. There were a bunch of dudes with excavators, and he went and got one of them and was like, "Is this something that I should like stay away from?" And he like went in there. It's a fucking car bumper oh, that's sweet. like three feet underground <laughs> oh, in so our yard. Neat. I love that. And I'm like, Did, well, what if there's a car? In a person. With people in it. With people in it. The whole, whole family. family. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Oh. Family truckster. Uh, uh, or like what happened up at Rattlesnake Elementary when they were like, when they hit the graveyard of the old poor farm. Oh, yeah. Oh. And like that guy running the excavator was like, yeah, we, you know, we this thing we saw this little pendant that said like you know our beloved daughter or something he's yeah. like oh shit and then like the next scoop like a skull came rolling down oh, like, oh shit yeah and then they like you know closed it all off and it's I, I've never worked on a site with human remains I don't care to really not really it's 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 pretty intense you know like digging someone out of their resting place is not a very pleasant thing. It was never the no, plan. It was never, definitely, never, it was it was definitely never, never, the never the plan when they put him in the ground. But maybe... <laughs> me, I mean, so I don't know. But there's like some tribes, you know, like I've worked along sites along the Snake River where like these burials were like erode out and like the thought is like, we'll just let them erode because like that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. You know, they don't want to come back <clears throat> in and like save that. Yeah. Weird. Amazing. That is, is cool. Yeah. Uh, you sent me a picture of uh, probably early 50s, late 40s uh, beetle in a barn. Oh, yeah. What else do you find in barns? Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's fun. <laughs> that was one of the best barn finds I've had, it's actually. A le- legitimate. Like, the word barn find has become a... You know, a euphemism for finding something. That that's thing was sweet. Touched, I, but that was I think that was like one of the German ones. It was like one of the, the military ones. Uh, I think it, by, if I remember on the picture, it does look literally like 48, 47, yeah. something like that. So, and, yeah. Uh, so I took that picture, and the guy whose house it was, um, he'd come out to meet us. We were doing a project down there along uh, the East Side Highway. Then he, like, kind of disappeared. I never got to ask him, like, hey, what's the deal with this this uh, car in your barn? Will you sell it? Yeah, yeah but that's, that, it. that is the thing. I know a guy who wants it real bad. I, I know 20 guys that want it. Yeah. So you do a lot of barn work? No. Like, it's uh, the architecture stuff is pretty recent for me. Like, I got started um, in uh, Utah, actually, on the... Um, Utah Test and Training Range, which is a one million acre uh, aerial bombing range for the Air Force. Sweet. Between basically between Salt Lake and Wendover. Oh man! <clears throat> this one I was going to Weber State, and so we do work out there in the summers. And it was like, you know, like there was Lake Bonneville, Pleistocene Lake Bonneville, and it dropped a bunch of times over the years, and now it's the Great Salt Lake. But there's this one shoreline. Uh, the Gilbert level, where we'd find like eight or nine thousand year old archaeological sites on the surface, just everywhere, like these big thrusting spear points and like whoa, just crazy stuff, like out amongst oh. the wreckage of like an F sixteen or like you know live five hundred pound bombs or these little um, they drop these uh, cluster bomb cluster bombs and like uh, like a couple hundred of these motion sensitive white phosphorus fragmenting exploding grenades would come out and some of them wouldn't go off oh and shit so like we'd be walking around with uh 
explosives ordnance disposal guys escorting us and we'd find this amazing it's still some of the most amazing archaeology i've ever done was out in the out in the desert out there no shit that's cool do you have a museum in your house I have a lot of stuff. You have a lot of stuff. Like just stuff. like on coffee tables and mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Lots of uh <laughs> lots of nature tchotchkes. Awesome. Uh. Yeah. But that range was cool too because we got to see a lot of wacky military stuff too. Like tests, cruise missile tests. Oh weird. We watched uh sometimes they'd be like, Oh, you can't work today because we're gonna do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And one day we didn't know what they were up to, but um, all these Russians had showed up and they were basically implementing some part of like the START treaty or the SALT treaty, one of those Cold War era like arms reduction things. And uh, we all went out to this valley um, and they had two ICBMs lying on their side, like stacked or sitting on top of pallets of C4, you know, (gasps) not just like the little brick from the movies, you know, but like fucking Costco pallets of C4. And so we were sitting up on this ridge and they like fired all the rocket fuel out of the missiles. And they took the warheads off, of course, but like they fired all the rocket fuel and then they went, poof, hit the plunger on the C4 and blew up the mus- missile uh, fuselage. No that's, way. Yeah. That's how they disposed of it. That's how they disposed that's of it. That's the quickest, most expensive <clears throat> way to do that. Was it fireball explosion? Oh yeah, it was a big one. Wow. And then we went back to the, um, we were staying in this like somewhat secret facility called uh, Oasis Compound. And we all went back with the Russians and we got hammered and played softball. And it's great. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, so man. That's well, awesome. That's, uh, around what time is this? What, what, uh... This would have been like 92. So when did you come to Missoula? You're from Jackson? Yeah, I grew up wow. in Jackson. Yeah. Um, I So I did a little time at Weber State. I got my master's at, over in Moscow, Idaho. Um, did a couple years in Seattle, uh, which was fairly unpleasant, and then came back to the Rockies. City. In, uh, city. Yeah, city. I, I love cities. It was more like the fact that in the winter it would be like 37 during the day and like 36 at night. Yeah. You know, like this just fucking <clears throat> it's in, weird. infuriating baseline of temperature. It's yeah, crazy. and when it's 36 in Seattle, it's fucking cold. It's miserable. Yeah. But I think I've been here um, since 2001 or 2002. Uh, Did you, was it job opportunity? Or was it Missoula looked amazing? uh, Job opportunity. Who did you work for? What was the, Um, where did you start in archaeology? Well, after I left Seattle, I went back to Driggs, Idaho. Actually, I started my own company called Fox Creek um, Archaeological Services, and I was just kind of getting that rolling and then had an opportunity to work for a company here called Historical Research Associates, who I was with for 12 years until I went out on my own this last January as Rabbit Brush Archaeological Services. You got sweet hats. Yep. Oh, right there. I didn't even notice. I try to impress the guest. <laughs> That's my job. Done. That's my job to be the worst morning radio DJ. Duly impressed. <laughs> um... Uh, so what you are also though, like a man about town, I see you, I pass you driving. I feel like four times a day. 
I see you smoking and fucking no, We're not really working. Yeah. Just uh, driving, driving around. around. But now Plus, that I'm like scum. a small business owner, I can drive around all That's the right. time. Oh, yeah. It's the, it's the real joy of owning a business. Uh, is the yes. amount of time you, you can podcast drive. at 10 a.m. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, um, I'm like, yeah, I got, I got today off. But uh, <laughs> I want to talk about some of the other stuff that you got going on. You, are, you, you manage a community garden? Um, Jen, Luco, and I are on the... Uh, Leadership committee at the Northside Garden, which is the biggest uh, one. Just that's probably why you see me a lot is driving over to, yeah, work on our plots. And can you tell me a little bit more about how that works and what the deal is over there? Um, so as being part of the leadership committee, we just kind of steer the direction of the garden. We kind of mentor other gardeners, and kind of you know make sure people dump the compost in the compost pile and the weeds in the weed pile. Yeah. Stuff like that. And then we grow a pretty, or we plant and manage a pretty big space that's basically a community plot that like other gardeners help out, but we kind of take charge of that aspect of it. This is on the north side. And is it like an acre of land? I'm not sure the size of it, but I think there's 110 plots, maybe. Oh, whoa. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, How long has that been there? Well, there's an expansion. Um, it used to be half size, and like that original size, I think, has been there for 25, 30 years. It's the oldest community garden, too, I believe. In Missoula? Yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, but it's owned by the diocese. And so it took a long time to, uh, because of the graveyards right there across the street to the north. Oh, um, yeah. So the church actually owns all that land. There's a baseball field there that I'm pretty sure they own also, but. There was a lot of negotiation to uh, make it so that that garden could expand plots. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I would love it to not be townhomes. Yeah. Next oh. year. But archaeologically, it's funny because like those plots are just fucking loaded with like window glass, bottle glass, nails, pieces of shoes. Like, do you know? What... I found a whom. Oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff. People's stuff. stuff. I. Uh... I find I found the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I bet you I have found 40 marbles in the dirt right. on this property. Crazy. It's so keep weird. Uh, keep them and they were, also, they were in the clutches of dead children. There's, yeah, there's something creepy about it. <laughs> there's something like it's a like a ghost. Yeah, finding historical spirit. items outside of like an antique store yeah. does excite me but also makes me like I have no spirituality whatsoever, but I do have that moment of Ugh, this is like this was somebody's. Okay, what does this come with? <laughs> what yeah. did this come with as I picked it up off the ground? Yeah, great. Well, and I, I like to uh, fuck with my colleagues from the future by like being like, Blink, I'm gonna throw this out over here, and they'll be like, What the fuck is this? Doing? Oh, <laughs> you're like making fake things and putting them in the ground. <laughs> this is an Apple IIe. <laughs> we know what this is. Uh, Why is it in the forest? <laughs> Uh, so are you guys full over at the community garden? Yeah, yeah. There's usually a pretty good waiting list. Okay. Yeah. How, That's good to hear. How much? Uh, if people are interested in getting on the waiting list, how do they do that? Um, they just contact uh, Genevieve at Garden City Harvest. At Gar- oh, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. it's part of the Garden City mm-hmm. Harvest world. God, yeah. they're everywhere. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. They uh, just did that one over at the Providence. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did that garden. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, and I think there's another new one as well, but. I, I don't know the grand total, but it's fairly extensive. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's an awesome program. Um, 
And you're a grower also. Mm-hmm. What kind of stuff do you like to grow? Um, a lot of the kind of basic cooking stuff that we use a lot, like shallots, um, garlic, potatoes, onions, things that store good. Yeah. Even though I can't fucking store an onion to save my life. I don't know what we always do yeah. wrong. But like we cure them and we cure them and like they just don't ever last more than a month or two. I wonder if it's a variety. Could yeah. be. Could be. Um, but we don't do too many like wacky crops because you know we'll do a couple unusual things here and again but like mostly just like cooking staples but like we're we're good at it yeah every fucking year about this time I start to think about ordering seeds mm-hmm. for next year and I'll go through a catalog and I'll be like oh cardoon yeah that's supposed to taste like artichoke awesome yeah. let's like Let's have 10 of those plants next year, and they take up half of our yard. Yeah. And, oh, they're fucking gross. <laughs> yeah. And also, they don't grow. And it sucks. And yeah. every, and I'm like, I wish you just lettuce. We no, tried a uh, ginger this year. Oh, how'd that go? Uh, we got it through Baker Creek uh, Seed Catalog, and I think they were out, and they're like, oh, we'll catch you, catch you later. And so, talking to the Deluge folks um, who had a, amazing crop of ginger this year they rock it growing all the weird they stuff fucking rock it. yeah and it sounds like that we got it started too late and we had it in the wrong environment like it needs like raging hot house all the time it was from seed not kind of tears. yeah it's like a it's like a plug yeah yeah and it just didn't it just didn't work where we had it and i, I think we were probably a month and a half behind yeah right out of the gate so it didn't work but that'd be fun i we cook a lot with ginger, so it'd be good to grow that ourselves. Yeah, one of your uh, sections on your photography website is, is gastronomic. Yes. Which, by the way, BrianHerbalPhotography.com, this is, I'm not really, sorry, I'm not really paying attention because I'm cruising through photos. Oh. And well, and a lot of the, like, abandoned yeah. stuff was like, so that's like a perk of, you know, finding myself in weird places archaeologically is like, I spent a couple summers in uh, Regent, North Dakota, and like we'd get snowed out, or we'd have off days or something, and I would just drive around and photograph um, old schools and old ruins. Like I really like taking pictures of uh, uh, interiors of uh, old buildings. Yeah, old like lath and plaster stuff, and like yeah, you know, it is. It's really cool. I used to to spend a bunch of time in eastern Montana mm-hmm. for work, and I mean yeah, a lot of those little r- ranch towns that you know basically started disappearing when people started moving there immediately. Uh, Man, those buildings, some of them are, like, totally frozen in time. Oh, yeah. You know, like an open textbook on a table. Well, it's funny. We found there was a um, whole round of abandonments in the 80s, 1980s, too. We'd noticed, like, we'd go in these houses that looked really old, but, like, that would be the calendar that was still in the kitchen or, like, you know, there was, like, Depression-era round of abandonment, and then there was another big round in the early 80s, it seemed like, 82, 83. Yeah. Maybe energy crisis time or something where people were like, oh, fuck this, move into Bismarck it's or something. Corn syrup, the introduction of corn syrup. Probably so. Made everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, when you when you are spending time in, in those places, do you, uh, I mean, when I'm in eastern Montana and I'm in a tiny town where, you know, half the buildings are not occupied and haven't been yeah. for decades, it's it's really hard for me to not start like creating narratives right. in my head, yeah, yeah. which I don't, I mean, I'm not even saying that in like a, a like melodramatic way. I mean, I, I think it's really interesting and satisfying to do that. And it like adds to the experience. 
But for you, I imagine, is it a little more like scientific? Are you looking at it? Not necessarily, because I mean, ultimately, like my field of study is you know anthropology. So like I, I like to, I like to think about it in those. Well, so I guess so maybe yeah. I like to think about it in the terms of the anthropology and like kind of understanding why those people are still there, yeah. or like what happened, or you know just by you know, kind of immersing myself in, like, Baker, Montana, or Regent, North Dakota, and just, like, talking to people. Yeah. I tend to get adopted by local folks fairly quickly. And uh, You look like you belong. Well. You act like you belong. You're probably one of the, one of the more, like, uh, I don't know the word. I know what I'm not. It's exactly what I'm not. When I walk into a room, people look at me and then turn away and go back to what they're doing. <laughs> no. And say... No. Oh, he's not from here. Even though it's like uh, La Petite. Who's that guy? Ugh. Yeah. You can walk in. People are like, I bet that guy's really fucking interesting. That is true. <laughs> just you saying. Do. Thanks. Just saying. Thank and, it's, and it's less, it's not just look. It's There's a nice There's a nice aura to it. That's oh, I like, appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, just saying. Do you spend a lot of time in Eastern Montana? I have, yeah. I, uh, Baker and uh, Ikalaka. Yeah. Alzada. I am, I am like totally... Fascinated by Eastern Montana. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Jen wants to move to uh, Circle. Oh, no. I spent some time in Circle. We actually yeah. have a couple sets of roller skates from the d- now defunct Circle roller rink, oh. which was the bowling alley. And then during half the year, they literally put the roller rink on top of the bowling alley. Sweet. Run out the shoes and then pull it up and have bowling the other half of the year. We talked about buying the grocery store. There. In Circle? Oh, I oh, bet it's a good deal. Oh, and it's attached right. to their community center. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally played a gig there. <laughs> like recently. <laughs> we could do a square uh, dance there. I it's bet. so great. It's actually, uh, it's it's lovely. There's you know garland tinsel hanging on the window. It's there's a lot of uh, American flag bunting around. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's love the bunting. I mean, it's it's really interesting out there. It is. It's I, a lot of. I mean, a lot of it is still homestead esque, right? Like you oh, still totally. got like. If there's a ruin, you know, an abandoned complex, like the next house over is probably like their son or right. like grandchildren, you know, and it's like there's these huge, um, I think the Homestead Act in Montana got uh, amended so people could get like a half section or something. So there's a lot of like these still huge land holdings for people out there and it just, it creates all this space. Yeah, but and then well, and culturally though, I spent I spent two weekends in Ingomar a few years ago, oh, and oh. Ingomar is like, if you go to uh, Forsyth, mm. and then drive like fifty miles up a county road out of Forsyth, oh, awesome. it's like between uh, Melstone and Roundup. Kinda. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's it's land that like you can see the the salt deposits everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. And it was found like it was the Homestead Act. There, you know, the railroad companies basically put pamphlets out mm-hmm. in the early 1900s to people in the cities, being like, "Move to Ingomar, where it's <laughs> what? Oh no, oh, move to Ingomar, where you know, it's super productive agricultural land, and Reap we have bounty. tons of water. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, they didn't have. Uh, potable water in Ingomar until the 80s. Oh. oh, man. And you cannot fucking grow anything there. Oh. And if it rains, I mean, the shit that's crazy about it is, it, I mean, forget, like, snow and really crazy weather. If it rains, you can't leave your house. Yeah. 
Oh, the gumbo, right? Gumbo. You know? Yeah. And it's like you have a nine-mile driveway. They probably stepped off the train, and as the train was going away, instead of the whistle, it was like... But it's just so weird. Like, when I was there, and I was writing a story about Ingomar, and it was hard for me because you kind of, you kind of like, are in shock by the lifestyle. It is so fucking hard. Yeah. Like, what... You know, and you want to be like, why are you, why are you live, why do you live here? Yeah, what do they do now? It's so hard. And, and then you have to catch yourself and be like, oh, this is a real person. Yeah. I'm treating them like, <laughs> like this is like. Like the so, member of a story. Like, yeah, like this is an exotic. <laughs> like it, it feels like how, like, you know, early anthropologists looked at like Amazonian tribes. Uh, why would they have what? stayed in this hole? Yeah. yeah. You and you're know? asking those questions. You're like, I'm such a fucking yuppie asshole. <laughs> <clears throat> But it's true. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, what are they doing now if it's not if it's not agriculture? I mean, related? They, it's it's ranches, but it's the it's like the most fucking unproductive ranch. I mean, people have you get money for to put it in the CRP or something. Yeah, but those people don't do that. Yeah, you know, it'd be the place to have a laptop job if you had some sort of like a little eBay empire. Or yeah, something. or investing or something, and you Porn. chose to <laughs> and you have <laughs> yeah, yes. a lot of money for. There's so much Eastern Montana porn. Oh, there's none because it's not called porn at that point. Googling. Well, also, I mean, in, in it, this is not hyperbolic. I bet you in 20 years, everyone in Ingomar will be dead. Totally. Sure. Well, I saw that in uh, Regent in North Dakota. Um, there's no kids there. Yeah, oh, like zero. Like they they make their money on uh, they eat them. pheasant hunting season, where like I mean, you could buy a town or you could buy a house in that town when we were there for like. Forty thousand dollars, you know, yeah, and like people would buy up some real estate and rent them out during pheasant season, and like there's really fascinating place that's uh, at the end of the Enchanted Highway, mm-hmm. the Road of Anticipation, <laughs> they call it, um, where this guy was like, I know I'm going to get people here. I'm going to build all this wacky shit on the side of the road. Oh, that's yes. off ninety four, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 east of Dickinson. Yeah, yeah, and so, but like, besides that, like. Yeah, all the kids, um, they go to school in a different town. If yeah. there is even kids in the town anymore. I mean, if there is, there's just, like, three. Right. You know, And they and have like, to drive 80 miles to get mm-hmm. to school. Yeah, so it's it's funny, the demographics of those places, like you say, like, in a, in a generation, it's just going to be gone. Cause totally, and you're talking to people, like, I, I interviewed this couple in Ingomar, and they're in their 80s, I think, and... It's crazy to talk to them, and they talk about how their parents moved to Ingomar uh, horse and buggy. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not as far that part of history is not as far removed. It seems like that is something you read about in a book, and yeah. they're like, "That's that's how we got to town." But there is people though, like um, Courtney uh, Prairie Heritage Farm, I think it's yeah. called. They were from here. And I think her husband had roots um, east of Shoto quite a ways, where they had a bunch of land. And then they went out there. We looked that up. Um, They went out there and started all these, like, uh, growing all these heritage seed strains. And, like, milling their own flour, making bread, and, like, coming at it from that angle. Yeah. Which is, I think, in the foodie world, like, those kind of heritage crops are becoming they're coming back around totally and so you know if that's something that you know not that maybe that would work in eastern the entirety of eastern montana but like it's cool to see that there is 
in some places another generation of being like you know what this land is in my family I'm gonna like do this and like here's the demand that we need to meet nowadays yeah, yeah. it's like growing like artisanal how'd, how'd you get into the foods it seems like you are interested in I mean not only cooking and food but also like food system issues uh it would come from the archaeology part too you know like the um the seasonal round like that we all employ here you know it's like well we pick huckleberries in the spring you know we pick morels um summer is gardening fall is fall mushrooms and hunting Mm -hmm. and then winter you just kind of hunker down with your stores it was the same thing you know, 5,000 years ago. Yeah. You go to this meadow to dig the camas here. You go to this place to pick these berries. You, here's your hunting spot. Okay, well, now it's this time of year, so here's what's coming on. We're going to go over there and process that, and we're going to figure out how to store it. And, like, rather than, like, air drying it or however people store stuff there, we just, you know, go to Ace and buy a, a canning setup and, right. like, can our stuff. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, so, like, I've always been fascinated by that part of archaeology, um, like, especially kind of when we went from being, like, a really egalitarian hunter and gatherer system, like, you know, primitive primitive communism, it would be called. Like, where you're just, like, okay, we're one family group, we share everything, everything, everything. And then, like, there's a point, invariably, where your population comes up and you're, like, okay, well, now I've got, like, extra of this. And, like, how am I going to store it? Okay, well, I'm going to store it. And then, like, it's just this kind of this interesting dynamic that's based around food and resources. Yeah. Right? You know, and like we're part of a state level society, so that's just like part of what we do. You know, it's not like a prestige thing to have like more of this or that or the other. It's just like how we live in our society. But like it's just fascinating through from hunter from hunter and gatherer lifestyle to a complex state level society, like how food plays a role in that and like yeah, like I said, the seasonal round has always been really fascinating. Yeah. Because you find, you know, hunting camps at hunting spots. You find processing sites where, like, you know, where I was saying, where you find these big camas ovens, like, usually near water or something. And, and like, you know, we can do that today still. Yeah, and it would make sense to do it in the same places where it's been done. Right, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a good spot. But um, I also really like to cook, and, you know, I like having, you know, not to sound like a control freak or something, but, like, I love having control over the stuff that I grow. Totally. You know, we keep bees. It's our first real good honey harvest this year. That was nice. Like, we grew a lot of stuff in the garden. I didn't have a great hunting season this year, but, like, we have a lot of meat in the freezer from last year. Yeah. And, like, just, like, we, you know, we're in control of our modes of production. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, me, and, me and my wife were talking about this the other day, not to, like, be too heavy-handed, but just fucking crazy to me. Uh, like talking about like urban agriculture, for instance, like, you know, the garden plots you, you manage, um, how many, if there was 10 times more of that happening, uh, in each city, how many problems that are seemingly totally unrelated to food production mm-hmm. would be solved or at least helped? I mean, tons of shit. And it also fucking feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels good, like, you know where it comes from, you know, how it was treated, like, it it eases burdens off of other systems. Yeah, Yeah, I don't get it. And what's the, why do people have lawns? I don't know. Our our neighbors up in the Rattlesnake, uh, Dan and Claire, 
a couple of years ago turned their front front lawn into a garden and uh they just moved to take over their family's uh, canoeing business in the up in the up up there yeah and uh the people that moved in like just turned it back into a lawn and really was, was like, God, damn it. so weird lawns are way harder to, so much to, more work. to grow so much more water yeah, yeah. no yeah. that is weird i can't stand it it's so annoying we should make them fucking illegal i think nice well you better start with arizona Start with Phoenix, because oh, that's a one big lawn that's being watered. It's crazy. In the desert. City's crazy. Um, so, you're an old soul. That's yep. great. Yep. But, in the storytelling realm, I know that you like science fiction. Oh, I love it. And you are a star, you're a bit of a Trekkie. Yeah. Which is exciting. Also very anthropological. Like, we talked about it in our cultural anthropology class all the time. The fucking Prime Directive. Like, don't fuck with people. Like, respect their stuff. Respect their ideas. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's and really that's a Star Trek Roddenberry's whole thing, yeah, is yeah. the uh, is the perfect little utopia that never fails. I will say that is one thing that's weird about Star Trek. I love Star Trek. But uh, as, a, as a storytelling device, that utopia never fails. It only continues. Mm-hmm. And most every other sci-fi theme of a utopia is a failed utopian society also Jean-Luc Picard uh-huh. yes played by uh, Patrick Stewart Patrick Jamie Stewart. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Uh, bald guy he uh, on his days off guess what he does archaeology wait, oh wait 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 yeah. the character the character does yeah the character like uh, so he goes the, into the, the captain of the fucking enterprise is like so long suckers I'm going on vacation and he goes on some archaeological expedition oh well if you could well, I mean if you could yeah. if you could go warp speed to like the Amazon or Egypt, <laughs> wouldn't that give you an archaeology boner? Oh yeah, I would be in archaeology. Oh, I would Kirk have... liked to climb mountains. They're all nature guys. He climbed a lot of stuff. What <laughs> did uh, what movie? What which uh, which Star Trek movie starts with him climbing El Capitan? And oh, Spock God. has the save. Yeah, he comes up on like, the boots. Yeah, comes up on, on a jetpack boots yeah. <laughs> to talk to him, and he's hanging off the rock. Uh, and then he ends up falling. He has to save him before he hits the ground. But what? Which one is that? I can't remember. That might be so the one that I would consider as the worst Star Trek movie ever. What? Journey or the one where they go get the whales? When they get the fucking That's whales. That's the worst one. What do they do? Please explain, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> they go. They like. But I also think it's the one where spoiler alert: uh, Spock dies or comes back. I don't know. Uh, Spock figures heavily into it, but the gist is they have to go back in time and uh, get some humpback whales. And actually, and bring th- them back. this came up on a, Freakon- a Freakonomics episode I was listening to Which in, one? in the cabin while I was convalescing <laughs> about not having money anymore. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, is pa- is, is uh, getting rid of paper money. Is yeah, and they uh, cited the scene where, like, Kirk comes back in time and he's at a pizza joint with some chick and, mm-hmm. and like... They go to pay, and he's like, what are you doing? We don't have money in the future. Yeah. I love it. That sounds good. But oh, over, it sounds great. But over pizza, he's like, I have to get these whales. And she's like, oh, great. Where yeah. do they put the whales? They <laughs> they, they beam they, they beam them into a part of the ship. Which they have put the in. The whale tank in the which ship. Which they have put in a aluminum-infused glass to make the tank, right? It's some sort of... It's some sort of... Uh, Scotty gives the engineer some sort of... Uh, uh, horrible equation that is uh, this formula that is this impenetrable glass that's yeah. made from like aluminum 
that. But so they like can make it. it. So like they didn't need that. They didn't need it to be clear. It wasn't an aquarium. Right. They didn't need it to be clear, but they made it clear, and so part of the Enterprise becomes the aquarium for the two whales that they can take back to the future. They just wanted to watch the whales. And Spock doesn't have his memory for most of that for most right. of the movie because he it's. So this is like the third or fourth movie because right. he searched for Spock is where he loses his memory. Right. Because they found him because of Genesis. Yes. Any, oh. Anyway. Wow. So I, I completely blacked out while you guys were having that conversation. Checking your email and you're like, uh, like microgreen scheduling. Uh, no, it just, this conversation just made me think of a show that is I have to go fucking watch again. Red do you, Dwarf. Do you get Sequest 2030? Oh, uh, not, only, not only do I know it, I rewatched it last year. I watched both seasons, including the reboot. It had its, its own reboot in the third season. It rebooted it itself. It rebooted itself. Same characters, but they kind of put a little energy into it. Let's try this one more time. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if we can make this thing When fly. I was in fifth grade, we it about, was yeah. on Sundays, and my family, we always drove around Montana discovering new blah, blah, blah. Let's go see what, what's what's Lewistown like. What's what's Browning like? We always get home. I need to be home by five o'clock on Sunday so I can watch Sequest. Yeah. Love it. I yeah. love it, too. I wish there was more underwater science fiction stuff. I like that. It yeah. is our most. Uh, how do you feel about the the underwater world? That's the most undiscovered part of our planet. Do you uh, have a Do you have a desire to go down into a? No, the ocean oh. fucking terrifies me. I so <laughs> this is a very long story that I won't tell. But basically, when I was eighteen, I ended up on a uh, research vessel from Woods Hole oh. uh, off the coast of Costa Rica. Yeah, uh, me and my friend were pretending to be journalists. Oh, man. Uh, from, That's how you become one, though, right? From Outside Magazine. <laughs> totally. Here's our credentials. Totally, oh. totally lied. We totally, we totally fucking lied. And the the guy who's in charge of the expedition was like, oh, yeah, sure, you guys come. And we were like, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. we're going to come. We were like 18 and 19 years old. And... <laughs> and they were deploying Alvin, that deep sea. Oh, some, the and the, you know that's yeah, when they yeah. discovered the Titanic yeah. and shit. Uh, and my buddy got to go down in it, and they were like I, something like five thousand meters. And you guys are just like, <laughs> uh, I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going in that thing because it's. I mean, you're you're like lying down. It's like twenty degrees in there. Yeah. Uh, if you have to pee, I mean, you, you can't like touch any of the glass because you know the pressure down there. They put these little like foam uh, mannequin heads. They put them in a, a bag and attach them to the outside of the submersible. And when it comes back up, you know they went from being human head size to being like a little bit bigger than a silver dollar. <laughs> oh, because of the pressure. Oh, so and weird. Then, this no could be your head. Way. No yeah. way. Yeah. I don't want anything weird. to do with terrifying. That. that is amazing. As usual. An amazing and surprising story. I, that story surprises me. You have you have a wealth of that life that weird. you've lived. Did you get a bunch of pictures, or did you write a story about it? Uh, I think I was the photographer. Yeah, and nice. I had a, a camera. A camera that was definitely not a photographer camera. And they kind of like caught. Like, on shouldn't to us. you be taking pictures? Oh yeah, yeah. Click, click. yeah. They totally caught on to us, and they started to like ask us to do like menial jobs. Oh nice, a lot. Oh, that's which good I for was, them. Which I was okay with. Yeah, good for them. Will you wash this for us? 
Yeah, uh, as soon as you're done writing for the day, will you uh, yeah. will you swab the poop deck? Here, write a story about peeling these fucking potatoes. <laughs> uh, so no interest in in going down into a submersible. submersible. No, That's no. As bad. a as a Wyoming land lover, the ocean. Like I've been in the Mediterranean. Uh, I've been on a boat where I couldn't see land. Once in my life, I think, and it was just terrifying. Because there's no, like, timeout. There's no reset button when shit hits the fan no. on the water. Like, and it's a like, totally different world. Like, ugh. being around, like, boat people, like, ocean people, mm-hmm. they are, it's different. Yeah. The rules of engagement are different, for sure. Uh, for those of us who don't understand that, what would a conversation be like? Uh, well, you know, like, we, we talked to, I remember we talked to one... Uh, guy who worked in the kitchen, and he, uh, I supposed to that? he was probably like in his mid thirties, but had only worked on, uh, you know, big ships that are out at sea for weeks at a time, his entire adult life. And one of the first stories he told us, and we were like, you know, doing an interview. Uh, one of the first stories he told us was about losing his virginity to a prostitute in like Singapore or something. Oh yeah, nice. And, I mean, there were, like, lots of moments during that story, I remember, where I wanted to be like, wait, okay, hold on. Yeah. Clearly, the interesting thing to him was something very different from me. Like, I want to know, like, you, pay, you paid for sex? <laughs> <laughs> wait. You know? Pause. Wait, you did what? Well, and, like, imagine... And where? Imagine getting Who? on a boat, you know, in, I don't know, New Orleans or wherever, mm-hmm. and the next time you get off of it... And see people other than the ten people who are on the boat with you. You're in fucking South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's a different perspective. <clears throat> the and only that, people I know that have done long time long stretches on the ocean are military or uh, transit shipping guys. Yeah. And they are typically the most conservative, most culturally diverse people. <laughs> like yeah. they've seen they've seen everything. Yet they are the the bottom of the conservatives. Conservative, like they are super super Republican in that in the weird way of you've seen the world. Yeah, you've interacted with and the you world, still f- and I hate it. And you still you just fucking hate. Well, it. and like a cruise ship just is like a floating nightmare to me. Oh, it's just like no. the well, most awful of everything. Basically indentured servitude on cruise ships. Yeah, and it? plus you get. Like a norovirus, and it's just uh, plus you could sink, and it's just it's the worst sink. of everything. Yeah. That still happens, isn't that weird? Yeah, it would have solved that issue. I feel like more of them sink now. I think so. Well, obviously, it's like it's same with uh, some rise in airplane uh, problems. Is just more, and we're devolving. More. We are idiocracy. Uh, I'm so excited <sighs> about that part of of our existence, which is an awesome uh, Star Trek Next Generation episode. Actually, when they devolve. Oh really? Because Worf, yeah. the Klingon guy, becomes uh, proto Klingon. It's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, but we're not devolving in like a way that's like we're becoming more primitive. We're just becoming like dumber. Right. We're be- yeah. Or we're less, not getting less our tails sense. back. Less responsible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> less common sense. Generally less responsible. Right. I'm a big fan of common sense, and like that's actually to bring it back to archaeology. Like common sense archaeology is a very like you know. There's a by the book way, which just like anything, like sometimes the book is like a hindrance, and like if you just employ a little common sense, and you can see your way through most problems or most anything. Yeah, really, just like are you are you like unflappable? I'm pretty flappable sometimes. You are. Yeah. I feel like 
I'm very sensitive. I feel like I would like for you to be around when I get really fired up about something to just look at me and be like, hey, man, hey man. this doesn't matter. You guys should work I together. I think you would be good at that. You guys should, you should, in, you guys should yeah, farm together. In, in that way, I would say I'm fairly unflappable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you that's don't seem sensitive. You bury that shit deep. Deep. Ugh. Wyoming style. Do you? <laughs> are you a brooder? Do you hold stuff deep inside? Yeah, kind of. Does it come out in ways you don't understand? Mm, maybe. It does mm. for me. Yeah. I keep stuff inside. Yeah. I cannot talk about shit. If I if there's something going on in my life that's like, like that that I, I need to like deal with, it'll be like four conversations with my wife that end with her being like, "Why are you being a dick?" <laughs> Before I'm like, "Oh, I'm being a dick for this reason." Yeah. Uh, I'm usually good. like yeah. either side, either way too much or not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. But you gotta be able to spill. Yeah. It's um, healthy. But yeah, I, I'd say I'm pretty, pretty baseline. Uh, you're married. More or less, yeah. Do you have children? Uh, two stepchildren. Do you have dogs? Uh, Jen's dog, Barley. Other Barley, not this Barley. I know Barley number two. Barley I know two. Three dogs named Barley. Wow. Oh. Ooh. It's a good name. Um. When I was about to be born, uh, one the reason I was not going to be Travis was my dad had a friend whose dog was named Travis, and he said, "I'm gonna name my son after somebody's dog." It's like Indiana Jones. That's what he did. Yeah. He named you after a dog. Yep. But you love dogs. <laughs> I loved. I worked out. Yeah. And I'm and I'm year of the dog. You are. Just not, sorry, I made that 180 because I just was reminded of that story the other night that uh, I don't want to name my son after somebody's dog, <laughs> which his choice for me was uh, either Levi the tax collector because he works at the Department of Revenue, Levi, or uh, Montana and oh. shortened to Monty. Oh, and we were and we didn't Ouch. live here. We didn't live here at all. Still, at you would Monty. be a different person if your name was Monty. <laughs> What would you be? I'd be a I'd be a, a radio DJ or a weatherman. You would much be like Monty, a radio DJ, much like the Monty we all know. Yeah. Totally. Um, so so Jen, yeah, uh, your partner, yeah. Um, is she? Did she enjoy the the same sort of things? Yeah, we. Uh, she's a preschool teacher, and we. Um, yeah, we're on the same page. That's we, good. We garden a lot together, and we hunted a bunch together this season, and uh, yeah, we're barreling forward unsuccessful hunting season yeah it was a tough one the weather was not great just warm no snow warm no snow i uh i'm gonna check out this shoulder season action and i've got uh the ability to hunt elk up around shoto until february somehow until february just a cow only and then uh, i'm going pheasant hunting next weekend in uh win which is east of grass range Used yeah. to, to Lewistown, yeah. That should be fun. That part of Montana is rad, yeah. by the way. It's yeah, the gap and everything out there. there. Yeah, I just did a project in uh, Lewistown a couple of weeks ago where I uh, recorded an old railroad tunnel, the, the railroad that never was, they called it. It was a branch line of the Great Northern that went from uh, New, New something, North Dakota, and then it was going to come down through Judith Gap and tie up in the Great Falls. And, like, they built it, and it almost got done, and then they totally abandoned it for some reason. But there's this this awesome uh, tunnel that I recorded. How long? Uh, well, I, if I was in my 20s, I would have climbed into it. But, like, I'm older now, and, like, I literally only had a clipboard with me, and, like, which isn't 
won't do a lot in any sort of emergency situation. <laughs> right. Except it won't do anything. You can, no. set, it, you can set it on fire. I could use the clip to maybe like block pinch, off an artery, pinch an artery, or I was something. Say to make a uh, knife to, to slit your wrist, or like, <laughs> r- yeah, or like write something. <laughs> I was here. I, I was nothing. alive. I swear to God, I was alive. So was the tunnel like in the side of a mountain? Yeah, it went under uh, Highway 200. What is now Highway 200. And when was it built? Wow. Um, I think they f- finished it in 1920. Something. Holy shit. But then they, uh, they, then they collapsed it, part of it. So you can't go all the way through. I mean, tu- I, I cannot believe tunnels are crazy. To me. So interested by them. I, I love how do going you do through it? them. How do they do it 100 years ago? Well, they, oh, and part of it, like, the, the approach, they like dug the tunnel and then they purposefully blew it up to collapse it and then they removed all that and dig it, collapse it, dig it, collapse it, dig it, collapse it. And that's how you get, like, the big approach to it, right? That's the only way they can oh. do they call it. That, they, yeah. uh, they daylighted it, it's called. Like, oh. you dug a tunnel and then just blew it up and oh. pulled so all weird. the rubble out. But yeah. then, like, when it got to the hard rock stuff, then they actually, like, drilled through. And there was tracks and ties down in there still. No shit, that's mm-hmm. awesome. There is, uh, we were just in the Canadian Rockies last summer, uh, Yoho National Park has mm-hmm. actual... Tunnels drilled in the rock that are switchbacks. Oh, so whoa! They, yeah, and it's the only place in the world where they have these. Where it's literally the tunnels create the tunnels actually make a big U to get through over the pass. Crazy. That one, as we were looking at them, and they have in the visitor center, they have the the quarter binoculars that you can look through and be like, weird. That tunnel goes in here and comes out here. When it goes up, it goes up underground. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? that's so insane. Yeah. Who thought of that too? Who's the who was the crazy like that's like uh Well how do you come out? How do you come out in the right spot? Yeah. I still don't understand that part. Surveying know. underground is weird. Yeah. Like people who have you do you have any interest in caves? Negative. Oh. <laughs> Travis just made a really funny face. <laughs> I've been in a couple uh I've been in a couple caves pretty deep and uh it's yeah, it's just another uncomfortable place for me. I, I, I went in I haven't been in caves in years and I went into small lava caves this year. In, in Hawaii? No, northern California. Lava oh. beds. Mm-hmm. There are hundreds of these little caves. Mm-hmm. They're all mapped. You don't have to do much. There's some if you want to, you can go, you can get on your belly and crawl. You can do all of that. But the first one I went down that went down the ones that were labeled beginner. Uh-huh. And you just come out another hole. Yeah. They're fun. Oh, yeah. this is this is cool. But I went down the ones where oh, you have to remember that this was a left turn. Mhm. Nope. And like and then instantly yeah, yeah. and as I'm coming back, I'm like I I have a really good memory, but my panic overrode the whole thing. Like, oh, I don't know where I am. Yeah. I don't know where I am. I'm just going to head up. I'm going to head up. Yeah. That's all I can do is head up. And then you get to a spot where you're up, but it was the wrong way. Oh, oh I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. When yeah. you so. just said that, like, you you know, you might take a left turn and you have to remember that. Yeah. My immediate thought was the reason that sounds like a nightmare to me is if you're in the cave, it will be so hard to kill yourself after you realize. <laughs> Not if you have a clipboard with a piece stuck. of metal on it. Oh my god! <laughs> and then you get ex- you're like all fired up and fired start up. bumping your head and shit. No, yeah. but, but not quite enough to like end it. Oh yeah. That was, uh, so oh. at the visitor center, they sell knee pads and little helmets and gloves, and they give you a map. And uh, and she Good was luck. she was oh, she was literally oh, and they have they have uh, f- flashlights you can rent for free, uh, and uh, I guess borrow is a better word. 
then uh, she's like, uh, and for a guy like you, and I was like, what? What, like a big guy? She's like, no, a tall person. You probably want to get one of the helmets. I was like, I'm not going to do anything that's like not, I'm just going to do the ones that are labeled beginner. And the first little stairway I walked down and walked in, hit my head. Got back out, drove back to the visitor center, bought the helmet. Because, <laughs> like, and it was like $4 for the plastic helmet. But that is the largest cave injury, and that freaks me out because I am big and like yeah, a, so little, and my, a little yeah. bit of like a snowman yeah. walking through a cave. <laughs> and it hit my head every chance I could. Oh, that's a great visual. And it's so good to see Frosty, like, for lives narrated. Ooh, ooh, Frosty, like, <laughs> I, do, I do. I feel so dumb when I'm in a cave. Because the words left and right don't mean anything, and that's and then but for me underground north and south don't mean anything either. Like I don't mind the cave tour, but like yeah, oh like, yeah. So I mean like the uh, have you ever been to Great Basin National Park? Yes, that's a good one. La, uh, Layman, Layman, Layman Caves. Caves yeah. Where's that? Nevada. On the border of Nevada and uh, Utah. Baker, Nevada, the site of the only glacier in. Uh, in uh, Nevada, mm-hmm. on Wheeler, the tallest peak in Nevada. Yeah, I almost really? got hit by lightning up there. Ooh! <clears throat> oh, the also closest I've ever come. They have uh, amazing uh, uh, pines, uh, white bark uh, pines up uh, there. Briscoe, Briscoe, yeah. So awesome. Trees older than Jesus. Yeah, the oldest living things on the planet. Oh, it's so amazing. Yeah, there's a big stand of them there. Sorry. We uh, we spent some time there with a little like. Can I just talk about like? Yeah. Yeah. About drugs? Yeah. Oh, little, oh fucking Took a little acid in Great, Great Mason Park once. Went on the cave tour. It's hilarious. <laughs> and then uh, we went off trail and like kind of went through those bristlecone forests. It was amazing. Oh. And a friend of mine, an archaeologist that uh, works there now, um, was in the news a few years back because she found like a 1870s rifle. Uh, out in those bristle kinds and bristle cone pines just like leaning oh. up against a tree like oh. it, exactly like you could tell that like someone didn't put it there recently or it didn't oh. it was just exactly where someone had whoa left it. It was cool that's crazy that yeah. is, you don't find stuff like I that love that shit often. yeah national parks especially that, that's, that's a good park but we uh park. when we're on the on the top we remember watching the storm roll in and like i look at my buddy and he's staring at me funny and he's like what and he's like your hair is totally standing up and i looked at him and his started to go like this and it sounded like somebody rubbing styrofoam together you know as this electrical oh storm really was and we're like let's get the fuck out of here oh and wow like, yeah Booked it's it down cool. because I mean that's like twelve thousand feet. I think yeah. it's really high. It's a cool park. So you're closer to lightning. So you are you're closer, closer to lightning. lightning, and it's surrounded <laughs> by nothing. Like there's yeah, it's a cool you're in Nevada. It's a cool park. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, that's a good segue to what I think we should talk about the rest of the- national parks. Uh, no. Nevada. Have you, in your travels uh-huh. in your work, do you love Vegas? Seen or experienced a ghost? Uh, not in my work. I feel like I have experienced a ghost before, but not in my work per se. No, but I've been in ghost towns. But do you like, do you ever feel those things like in that tunnel? I would be so ready for it. I would go in there and be like, Oh my, my hairs are standing up. I don't know. Like, like archeologically, I think we have more worries of like excavating something where there's like, you know, black plague that's, still alive or like really you know is, it's a concern in your, well i we um hantavirus is a big one for us hantavirus yeah hantavirus hantavirus is like that's a big that's a big one because like i'm always stomping around these old cabins and like mines and whatever and there's just shit everywhere i uh that's the ghost of a dead rat my yeah. aunt 
uh, sold me an Airstream trailer. Yeah. And she's from, for some reason, this Airstream trailer was in, was in Fishtail, Montana. She oh. lives in Manhattan, wow. in New York City, Manhattan. Is she flipping it? Does she flip it? Well, I flipped it oh, yeah. by paying someone to flip it. Uh, <laughs> but when I went and got it, it was just Double fucking flip. full of oh. mouse shit. Yeah. And I, of course, like went and Googled Hantavirus. And the, 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 what do they call them? Symptoms for Hantavirus are like day one, runny nose, mild fever. Day two, kidney failure. <laughs> so, so oh, so bad. It was so uh, bad. I didn't get Hantavirus though. But uh, so you, there's a concern that like things are like, uh, diseases are preserved in some of these and some it depends on the environment you know but it's more of a concern in europe i think that's like a like movie that. like ancient strain it's a nick cage movie national treasure three it's like yeah. that movie mimic you guys remember that one mimic no so good i actually don't know if it's like that i, was just... I don't really remember what it's about <laughs> i think there's some artifacts oh, in the so beginning great. um oh, it's so great it's just like uh, America's Greatest Generation. Yeah. You know, World War II. We, nope. uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Ghosts, I don't know. Do you believe in ghost trials? No. You don't? Zero spirituality from the side of the table, sorry. You never, you never had a, like, a experience? Never thought I had, a, I never thought I saw a ghost. Really? And I thought, and I tried, like, we literally loved, you know, when you're a kid and you go through the library and there's ghost books and there's books about military <laughs> Like, that's the first thing most boys are attracted to are these weirdly childlike books, but about war and about weapons. Yeah. And you you memorize every single weapon. You memorize all that. And then there's always a book that has so horrible, horrible, horrible pictures of ghosts that aren't real. And it's the same 12 pictures with a bad story. I wanted to, yeah. It's it's always a woman in a white dress. Yeah, okay. By a chair. So I tried. I mean, I, I I literally as a kid, I loved the, the fear of it. We lived on acreage outside of Helena, and I would like sleep out where I thought there was a little homestead. Yeah. And try to sleep there, and like wait for shit. Really? Yeah, but nothing. But, I, I, I mean, burnt myself on that. There's an undeniable energy to places i found you know that, like with especially like you know those sites i was talking about in the utah deserts like where like you know say it's like a eight or nine thousand year old site and i pick up this spear point like i'm literally the first person to touch this thing in yeah. nine thousand years and like that's pretty that's pretty wild yeah you know or like those 1980s homesteads like people just left like totally. there's like stuff that everything's in there in some cases like Everything. Yeah, I guess like when I say ghost, I don't mean like specter. You know, not like ooh, (laughs) like a white sheet floating in front. Yeah, you mean some sort of aura. Yeah, some sort of thing. No, shit's fucking real. I have it in my brain. Like I have that thing, that same exact thing. When you pick up the artifact, even at an go to the antique mall and rifle through things, you'd be like, wow. Yeah. Like somebody, I love the story more than I love any sort of like feeling. There was a site, too, out in that oh. desert that we found where, um, you know, the cadastral survey, when people laid out the original townships and ranges, yeah. um, there was a benchmark. There was a section corner way out in the desert, uh, one of the original ones, and, like, right next to it was um, a whiskey bottle and a can of beans. Like, and the whiskey bottle was it totally turned purple, it never broken, and, like, 
the like so they set that benchmark polished off the whiskey ate some beans and fucking moved on and it was it's like an open air time capsule it was great yeah so like that was that was palpable like that that. like that because like then you stumble upon basically that moment yeah in time right and you're like wow i'm the next person to have ever seen this the residuals of this activity yeah that's pretty cool that is awesome Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like uh i'm not religious but i feel like if i didn't believe in that stuff that those like energies Mm-hmm. I would be really dark. Like, I think that, I don't know. That's like uh, this is accusatory. Yeah, I'm looking at you, man. <laughs> this is fucking accusatory. I'm I, so dark. Sorry, sorry. Oh, big nihilist guy. I just wish you <laughs> could be more vulnerable sometimes. <laughs> oh, I'm vulnerable. Uh, I was uh, Herb. I was just in D.C. Have you oh, been yeah. to D.C.? I have. It's been a long time. But how yeah. was uh, how's that for you in the weird Romanesque American history? Uh, vein uh, of archaeology. I love it. It's all it's all protected and it's all been yeah. I was, polished. When I was there, I was I was really young. It was before they had the Native American uh, Center huh. or the building. So you know, like Air and Space and um, the Museum of Natural History is where a lot of archaeological stuff ends up. Actually, yeah. Um, also, the Museum of Natural History in New York City was a super good one. Uh, yeah, I would somewhere. love to go to the Field Museum of Chicago. Mm. Oh, that's where that's, they have all the animals, right? Animals, and then, like, you know, back in the old days of anthropology, like, people are just, like, looting burials like crazy. Like, bones and skulls and phases and, like, all that stuff. And, yeah. Uh, the, where is it? The Peabody. Where's the Peabody? Is that Chicago or Washington? I don't know. I think that's Chicago. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I like those old institutional museums. And there was a legislation in 1990... The Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act, um, that like um, basically said like you got to give that stuff back, and like so oh. they've been over time like repatriating human remains that were like, wow, taken geez. at the turn of the century, and like special artifacts and stuff like that that are housed in those museums that like aren't part of a display or anything. They're just like in the. They're, you know, the, with the, the Indiana Jones yeah, warehouse. Yeah, with the Ark. I was going to say yeah, they're, they're, they're stored the next to the Ark. What were people doing with the bu- with the remains? At the turn it's of like the century, studying. Like you can, like they'd fill a skull with sand and like measure its volume and be like, oh, this one's bigger than this one, and like, you know, like tracking human morphology from you know like arid climates versus like colder climates or equatorial okay. stuff, and like you know, human adaptation to climate and things like that. Oh, that okay. And so that would be the, so basically anthropology is split into archaeology, linguistics, cultural anthropology, and then physical anthropology. And so like they would have been doing physical anthropology where you're like, basically like primatology would fall into that where you're like, you know, ancient man, as we relate to primates and stuff versus cultural anthropology, which would be like Margaret Mead, like going in, like, I'm going to go live with, you know, I can just think of the beginning of airplane when they go live with that tribe, but that's not quite how it went, but pretty close. stuff like that. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Peabody's at Yale. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, the, so what do you want to do? What, what are you, what are you doing for, you have your own business. What is your primary right now? I know we already kind of discussed it, but what is your primary work right now? Um, still just cultural resource management. I'm trying to find <coughs> ways to incorporate my photography more into it. Um, 
instead of it being just a side hobby, have it be like a, a service that I can provide, yeah. whether it's like photographing uh, historic architecture, mm. which there's a, there's a way that you're supposed to do that. It's called Hab's Hair. The Historic American Building Survey and the Historic American Engineering Record are, are like ways of, if there's like a National Register eligible property, yeah, like the Merck, you photograph it in certain in a certain way with these standards that like if it were, if it were to be destroyed, there's like this standardized photographic record. And like a way to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a medium format camera. That's like, I don't have the gear for that as of yet but like there's ways to document historic buildings through photography that that i enjoy did you did you skirt travis's question earlier about the merc i did answer it i did damn busted (laughs) now starts part two yeah (laughs) (laughs) well we like to discuss local issues it's snowing out today (laughs) uh, so if it's snowing on the merc so is the merc it's going down for sure I don't know. It's it's actually. I think right now it's it's in the courts. Uh, Dusty, Judge Dusty is going to decide if um, the if it's if the demolition permit should still be granted. Preserve Historic Missoula <clears throat> brought action um, against the owners, the city, and Holleran, basically saying like you. You know, you shouldn't have been granted that permit for X, Y, and Z reasons. And they all... So this went into court, and all those three parties filed to have the case dismissed. And um, Judge Dusty... I never pronounce his last name right. Missoula icon. Is it DeShaw? Yeah. It, it looks like DeChamps. DeChamps. Yeah. DeChamps and Fries. Dumb. Change it. One star. Um, <laughs> did you just give the judge's name a yeah, one star. review? One star, change it. On Yelp. It's confusing. Um, change it. Anyway, he was like, no, I'm going to hear this case. Yeah. And, like, I understand that it's sitting empty. I understand that that space could be used better, obviously. I don't like the design that they propose. I don't think we need a 500-room chain hotel with what's going on with the building, the student housing right down yeah. from the dram shop. I think the Riverfront Triangle proposal is awesome. But that's got a bunch of rooms. It's got a convention center. It's perfect. That space is like that's prime riverfront that's not being used. Yeah. Like that old parking garage, not historically significant, right? Great. Develop that whole part of the waterfront. Like the Merc, though, I mean, it's it it allowed for the commerce of Missoula to form and develop, to yeah. turn Missoula into what it is. And like I don't think where I think that the I don't like the process of which that unfolded. I think the Historic Preservation Commission was bullied by the town. I think that like the owners and the developers, they were supposed to consult with the State Historic Preservation Office, and they did, but they consulted on a rehabilitation of the building. Yeah. And then they're like, sweet, we're done consulting. Let's just change this word to demolition. And like, that's a big thing. Like, they, that's not right. Like, right. So there's procedural stuff on how this unfolded that just isn't how civics should go down. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, that, the whole the whole story of the Merc and people trying to save it, I feel like the it was disseminated to the general public in a really poor way. Because yeah. the argument for saving it that I heard was just that it's historical. 
It is. And it, and, it, it, but, I mean, even you just saying, like, that was the center of commerce in downtown yeah. Missoula. I know that's not a, a significant difference between just saying it's historical and, and mm-hmm. that, but just saying that is, like, gets me thinking immediately. That but, is more important. That statement's more important yeah, than just historic. that's, like, the best argument. Because a part of me is, like, well, I mean, okay, who wants to do something with it? Right. No one. So... Let's, a lot of ideas, not a lot of money. You know? Well, and that's the, like, you know, the people that own it, like, tout themselves as, like, you know, this agency that restores historic buildings. Like, that's what they do. Yeah. You know, and you look at, like, some place like McMinimins. Like, what they do with historic structures on the West Coast is fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they looked at the Merc, but they just started an awesome project in Tacoma at the old Elks uh, building in Tacoma which is fucking amazing and they're gonna do what they do there um but I just think that you know our community here in Missoula is a lot of fucking smart people Mm -hmm. a lot of visionary people and like we can come we as a community can come up with something better yeah than like uh, the fucking Marriott it could be a brewery (laughs) yeah maybe it could be a brewery maybe we could put all the breweries in there Oh, that's oh so my great. gosh. That's so great. It's a brewery mall. Brewery yeah. mall. Oh, we have a mall. Oh, have Done. you been to the brewery mall? There are nine breweries in there right now. Yeah. They're all different. They're all so different. Never going to leave. You know, they're all really good, too. Uh, <laughs> my So when, when the Merc was still Macy's, my buddy uh, was in charge of the deliveries, and yeah. their office was in the basement. Yeah. Have you guys been Weird. in the basement? Yes. Yeah. It's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are down there. Yeah. It is so fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, all the there's writing that's on the walls cool. and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's it, old. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. It does like have... a tunnel that's blocked off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's context that is important, like even to me. Mm-hmm. Like, if that, <laughs> it's funny. I I've preached both sides of it. Pave the Merc, save the Merc. I, I'm on both sides. But if it was, if it had be, if it had been declared a national monument mm-hmm. before I was worried about it, mm-hmm. I'd be trying to get the national park stamp. Yeah. And I'd be talking about how amazing it is. Mm-hmm. If the problem was already solved, I'd be like, fuck yeah. That's awesome. Oh, no, you go down there, you, they have a ranger take you around and show yeah. you the writing. and It's so amazing. With it halted like it is, I look at it like, oh, man. Personally, it's funny. Like I look at it like... There could, there could be uh, there could be live music there. That could be a gig for me. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I I see the hundred dollars a gig floating in there, just like when they preached the uh, Bitterroot Resort. It's like, yeah, I don't like resorts, but there might be a gig up there, <laughs> right. and that'd be sweet. We could do for a hell me. of a square dance in America. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I've been in there since uh, we did a couple of photography shoots in in there, and uh, and it's amazing right now. I meant to go in there because there was a time where they were letting photographers in there, and it's like that's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Oh, know? it's and, and it's, like I missed I missed that boat. If you were to try to get in there, like who is it owned by a company in like Virginia or something? Yeah. Is that right? But there's a local representative. There is. Yeah. I want to go in there. realtor types, but I mean, yeah. The thing is, is I. I we're a smarter and more visionary community than that proposal. I don't really yeah. care for the developer either um, based on other projects that they have going on. It's not, it's just not, it's yeah. not the direction I want to see Missoula head. I also do not, I, currently I don't understand how so many hotels exist in Missoula. Yeah, People like crazy. to come here. It's crazy. And well, they're building apartments like fucking crazy. Yeah, there's still like no nuts. housing. Uh, uh, the hotel industry in Missoula, obviously the huge supporter is 
uh, sorry to admit it, is the Grizz game thing. Oh, yeah. Like, 25,000 people come to Missoula for one night, two nights. Mm-hmm. And that's only six yeah, nights you know. a year. But there's, like, yes. parents weekend, there's graduation, yeah. there's, you Orientation, know. Orientation. There there's is. a lot of, there's, there's a good handful of weekends that will fill the town to yeah yeah and it's not like they aren't full too right like oh no totally it's 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 weird and amazing but if you didn't live here and you thought i want to go visit there it would be an obvious choice yeah we should go visit there but i hope there's hotels i've heard that there's people level the claim though that there's no there's no boutique hotel in missoula which which is a niche but like that's what the merc is like the whole upper floor of that could be a boutique hotel the whole lower floor could be whatever Square Dance Arena. It could be like a, you know, you could have a kohlrabi stand in there or whatever. Like, I don't, sell your stuff. I don't uh, skateboard. He doesn't like Square Dance but, either. But uh, I feel like I he want will. a skateboard in there. Oh, yeah. I feel like that would be awesome. There's plenty of opportunity in the building. Uh, what I've seen so far, and it's uh, social media does that thing. Uh, Brian, you're so lucky to not be influenced by Facebook not on Facebook, which yeah. is, is a rarity right this second. Because uh, much like Facebook uh, had total bullshit influence on this current election, yeah, it was the same thing, where it was a bunch of people spouting opinions, which became fact. Right. Somebody terrible, would, yeah. yeah, somebody would spout off a paragraph about how we should save it, and it only costs, oh, it's cheap compared to blah, 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 and all of a sudden that was shared five times. Right. And and it became an argument that had no facts, no basis. So it's starting to be a problem. I mean, it's you know, part of the reason that this Trump reality is happening and like now suddenly we're seeing all these stories about all these fake stories. It's like, yeah. well you <laughs> oh know, it's it's crazy. And so yeah. like when the Merc happened, it's just like when people talk about uh, wolves or some shit. Like everyone retreats to their polar their polarized area and like gets so dug in that there's no middle ground in reality, like where people can like disseminate facts from like rash judgment or like a, a rash email that was like shared or a post, be like, I'm gonna fucking post this, and like, bam, it's out there, and like, yeah. there's no basis on anything. Well, and there's like no, uh, like, there's zero conversation ever, no, on social media. And like, with Merck was a perfect example where you start talking to somebody and they let you know with their face what side they're on. Oh, yeah. Before you even start having a conversation, yeah. and then that's just set up to—they're going to talk at you and tell you how they feel, and they're already pissed off. And I, I, I like I said, I didn't know. I still don't really understand the Merck issue, and I'm pretty ambivalent about it to be honest with you. Uh, but it's just crazy how often that was discussed or talked about oh, yeah. without ever. Like there's no genuine, and the the politics stuff is the same way. There's no genuine. Like, let me try to understand your perspective. Well, mm-hmm. and I fired off a, a giant like three paragraph thing that, if you read it, I give no opinion either way. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what's going on, but all the it's like, two hundred likes later, which I'm thinking, did these two hundred people go to the meeting? Like that right. just happened? Did they actually go? No. And a hundred comments later, there is people that are spouting off how I'm an asshole. Yeah. I was like, well, I didn't, I literally didn't give an opinion. You, you dove into the first sentence. What did you do? You wrote a letter? No, I just, just Facebook. Oh. I just wrote the thing that said, and also my last sentence was, if you didn't read this whole thing, please don't comment. 
I will delete your comment if I know you didn't read it. And so I'm just deleting people, which then they're commenting on the how I'm deleting delete, them. Yeah, right. And I'm like, well, you just all you had to do was read it. All you had to do is read it. I gave no opinion. I'm seeking your opinion. But it but sounds I'm, like that's not true. But I'm also seeking fact. Delete their comments. Oh, I'm I'm all about. It sounds uh, like you're picking and choosing. I'm all about First Amendment. The all the rule was was if I can tell you didn't read it, you get deleted. Yeah, I got and my. People, uh, people started it with I read the whole article, but I can't believe you're taking this stance. I didn't. I, I didn't take any stance. Fuck you. Delete. I got my opinions from the ever stellar uh, Missoulian comments section. Oh, the comments section. section. God, this is. We talk about the comments section every podcast. Well, it's 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 it exists and it's intense. It it's super fucking intense. Did you know people think that uh, uh, roundabouts are related to race? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, Did you know that? Uh, I love the roundabout podcast, by the way. Good. Well, I, I, I love roundabouts. I would assume you're a supporter of passive yeah. traffic control. But what something you guys said was like it, it's always happening to the right. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, wait, it's just like boiled it down to look like, left, go oh, right. How, look, look left, go right. Look left, like, go right. God, there should be a big fucking sign in the middle of everyone that says look left, go right. No, there's a bunch of signs that yeah. just don't say that. Right. They should <laughs> say don't stop. <laughs> no, don't stop. Don't go, stop. Go. 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 And go, someone go. like stops in the roundabout to let you in. Oh. No, no, yeah. I'm not. No, You've okay. stopped the whole thing. Wait, can I? Uh, I know that this has been brought up in the past. Of course, you can talk about the whiteboard. I like the sandwiches and uh, sandwiches. tacos. That's like a comma sa- frozen food. Sa- sandwiches and tacos is is not like a topic we need to do. It's just remind ourselves that uh, we love sandwiches and tacos. Yeah, <laughs> don't forget about tacos. Well, well, let's. Uh, how about in uh, closing? Let's discuss your favorite uh, food in Missoula. Oh, I bet I can guess your favorite coffee. Go for it. Oh, it's it's got to be the Black Coffee Roasting Company. It is good, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I enjoyed that episode as well. And yeah, the drift is stellar this year. It's and really we're, nice. we are drinking the hunt today. Did you go to the cupping? Tonight. We're going tonight. Oh. Yes. Yeah. The Co- boys coveted have been spots. The oh. boys have been invited to the Are you going to bring the mics? No. No. No, because no. drinking on air sucks. Drinking on air makes listeners puke. Oh, it would be so <laughs> annoying to everyone. <laughs> and also, yeah, Here's what this one sounds like. <laughs> All these, it's all these people that are like super into cupping. Yeah. Uh, and then Jamie, who has never been to a cupping. Don't. I, no, who's ever been to a cupping? No one's ever. Oh, been to I've a been to hundreds cupping. of cuppings. Yeah, but you were a competition barista. I've never yeah. been. The to general one public has never been to a cupping. I've never yeah, been to one. Which or, is great. Or knows what it but is. But there's no reason for us to uh, interview people who are excited to be at the cupping. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> we thought about it. I'm so excited. We thought about I having like an after after cupping <clears throat> thing, but all it is is people saying how awesome they thought it was. And yeah, that's, that gets old. I'm me. also anticipating, to be honest with you. I mean, I love those guys. I love that coffee. I'm anticipating being pretty much annoyed by the whole thing. Well, it's just like going to wine tasting. Yeah, uh, people people talk at you about what they think yeah. it, things taste like. Right. And I'd rather hear what they have to say. It's all about process. That's the best part about. The cupping is they're going to tell you what it is, how they did it, where they got it from, mm-hmm. as opposed to the guy next to you that's going to be talking about how he has the f- notes. The notes, floral notes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The mouthfeel. Oh, that that Over that it. stuff is tough. Hate it. Um, um, but favorite food in Missoula? I don't know. There's a lot of categories. Taco. Well, let's do it by meal. Oh. oh. You're having lunch. and oh. then you're, you're a downtown guy. And then I'm a you're, downtown you're guy. moving it. Ikalaka next week, so it's your last lunch God in Missoula. Um, 
I don't know. The, the Top Hat Lunch is real nice. Is it? They have a good Caesar there. I've never done oh, that. It's really good you Caesar. You just sold me. No one's yeah. ever talked about the Caesar, and I... It's a killer Caesar. I, I'm Chicken? on a... If you want, but I, I generally don't. But, like, it, I'm a fan of Caesars, so yeah. I've embarked on a comparative oh. study. Uh, Dolce, real nice Caesar also. But um, favorite lunch spot? I don't know. I, I feel like as someone that works downtown, I go to too many places all the time. Yeah. I love, I love going to Charlie's for lunch. I know. Any, any secrets? Any, like, if you go to this place and you get this. Like, mine used to be the Tennessee... Years ago, oh, yeah. at the dino, mm. that catfish sandwich was so yeah. fucking good. I've uh, I always get the Tennessee, but I have them trim it so it's not like a fucking cannel and channel it's not catfish all like over you. Yeah, <laughs> like cut that thing in half, like fry up the leftovers as little catfish fingers and make it a sandwich size. Oh, and the bottom piece of bread so is like might yeah. as well not be there. But the Tennessee is one of the best sandwiches it's in town. So good, uh, it's so good. How do you feel about the uh, uh, the Cajun joint? That's oh Zydeco in the worst location ever. I uh, never been because it's in the worst location ever. <sighs> Zydeco Cafe. I we never... went to Lisa's Lisa's pasty shop the other day. I love. How that was place. it? I still haven't been. It was pretty crushing, but it was good. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait. It's like oh, it's like na- nap time. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I think I texted you because I had the meatball sub you there, did. and I was you like, did. I'm down. They have a meatball sub there. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, you did text me. Now I'm I'm putting it all together that it was like total like one o'clock coma. Yeah, I was done. Ugh. But uh, speaking of meatballs, though, I recently had spaghetti and meatballs at the bridge. Oh, it was fucking delicious, man. Now that is, that so is a good. sneak attack order. Yeah, because I'm never so, think I'm so right tired now. of the bridge. So it's the best meatball. It's really fucking good. Really? Yep. Oh, spaghetti the bridge. and meatballs. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Good call. Okay. Yeah. Uh, dinner. Uh, at home. Uh, we 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 cook real good, and we have a lot of nice ingredients. So, like, I I find that like spending a bunch of money on like a nice steak or like a good side dish or seared scallops or something. Like, I can buy some scallops from Corey, Taste of Alaska. Like, I know how to sear them. We I like Matt Cornetti has taught me a lot over the years. I can make a real nice sauce. Mm-hmm. Like, just yeah, we like to do fine dining at home. Like, I can make pasta dough real good real good and so we make a lot of our own noodles and it's homemade just homemade pasta is it's really good oh my god we just had it uh, two nights ago but so and that was on the, before our chickens stopped laying last week like we were just you know we were getting five eggs a day yeah and like uh, the pasta recipe I use uh, involves seven eggs six yolks and an egg yeah one with the, the little ch- like with our chicken eggs it felt like even if you know, the recipe calls for, mm-hmm. like, four eggs. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's going to be nine. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so fucking good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we end up at the James Bar a lot. They get nice oysters there. If, really? If you go on Tuesday or Friday, um, they get some nice uh, oysters. Do you uh, wish we... I know you don't like the ocean, but do you kind of wish we had better seafood here? Oh, I am terrified of the ocean, except for its food. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not the terrified of oysters. No. We're, we're going to San Francisco... Right after Christmas, and we're going to just eat oysters. Yes. Um, okay, well, that was a disappointing answer to that question. Who's your favorite, um, uh, who's what your was favorite chef? Travis's? No. <laughs> who's your favorite uh, chef other than Dominic Martin? You can talk about Dominic. Oh, we got to get Dom in here. Oh, Dom's yeah, you got to get Dom I ran yeah. into him last night, invited him, and he, uh, as usual, played it off as if he's not amazing. Yeah. Uh, Dom. Yeah. And I really like what those guys over at the Boo Earns uh, Bistro are doing. Oh. 
Walker. And, what did you uh, Ryan call it? Burns. Burns. Oh. Burns. Yes. Burns. Uh, he's on. Uh, he's on. Yeah, Walker's going to be on Tuesday. Tuesday. Walker's oh. going to come on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, those guys are great. They. Um, we've gone to some dinners, and in fact, I would say if we could go out to dinner, it would be that place because they're. I feel like they change their menu a lot. It's really inventive and it's fucking good. Are you talking about Burns Street? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 When they, oh man, it's I really love their food. Is awesome. It's our neighborhood restaurant. Yeah. I still drive to it. <laughs> yeah. still, still right. get in the car to drive that four blocks. Great. Yeah. Five, six blocks. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. And then where are you getting your drink? Where are you getting your drink on? Uh, Charlie's. Charlie's? Yeah. I love that place. Do you feel new. like I... We go to the Dram Shop a lot lately. That's, oh, really? That's uh, pretty fun, yeah. They have a good selection. I feel like Charlie's has a witching hour. Where like there's a window between like five and eight mm-hmm. where it's rad to be in there, nice. and then something happens. Uh, yeah. The douchebags show up. Yeah. All the dudes named Steve show up. Yeah, yeah. That's where I, I rolled in Jeff. there uh, after the Sturgill Sim- Simpson show. Oh, and I looked in the window and it was like Hillary calls to concede, and I was like, what the fuck? And I went in there, and the, the vibe in Charlie's that night was dark, dark and crazy. I uh, you saw Sturgill Simpson? Yeah. Was it awesome? It was, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> it was really good. I love that. It was good. Uh, that's great that you get to remember that day for that yeah. reason. And then the next morning, I got a tattoo at Black Owl. Super hungover and just in like pain for three hours getting this. Spontaneously? Uh, no, we had had a plan. It was just happened to be on the ninth. And, but it was a weird morning and like yeah, yeah. I was really hungover and it was a weird just morning. The tattoo pain was like. Yeah, 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 yeah. We woke up. Uh, which that podcast show uh, was released this week. We woke up early to go to the Roxy and watch all three Batmans the day after. Oh, right. It's the best way to spend that day. Yeah. <laughs> really. It really, it was. Yeah. Fuck that day. I know. Yeah, had, it was I, a weird day. It kept me off the internet. Because mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't need to be floating around Facebook learning about how everybody was was sad. Yeah. Because yeah. we were all sad. Mm-hmm. No. And shocked. And just yeah. fucking surreal. Whatever. Maybe we should end every podcast with talking about where were you and Trump got elected. Yeah. Oh, it's our kind of little uh, signature. Ugh. Uh, uh, where was I? I was on the verge of, of uh, suicide. I was carving my uh, clipboard metal into a knife. Uh, <laughs> speaking of drinking, though, um, another good thing about the Dram Shop is they have a killer selection of wines. Like, it's, oh, really? It's, that's the place I go to buy a bottle of wine now. Elizabeth, oh, there. Oh, you got the bottles of wine. Yeah, it's it's secret. really good. Uh, as she would say, it's a very curated collection of wine, and it's really they put a lot of thought into the very few bottles that they have. And uh, are you a capable wine buyer? Like, I mean, are I'm you, getting better. Are you I'm looking? Because I'm like, oh, that label is cool. I still go by label, but I'm a little more informed. Yeah, we were in uh, France and Italy earlier this year, and oh, like no drank. Yeah, and, uh, it's informed my palate. Drinking a lot of wine doesn't seem like drinking a lot of booze. Like in terms of, uh, oh, your life isn't going so good. It seems like, <laughs> oh, you're a connoisseur. Right. Oh, you're like really into this. Oh, yeah, that's like an anthropological thing. Totally. Yeah. To yeah. drink wine. Yeah. Uh, true. It is. Yeah. It's aged. It's uh, it's full of history. It's old. Yeah. Storytelling. Yep. Storytelling. Yep. It's all there. Um, is there anything else that we need to touch on? No. We covered archaeology, Star Trek, uh, which barely. We're gonna have you back on for that. 
We have a we have a special Star Trek episode coming up that you'll enjoy, and then come back. You can come back in and comment. Oh, uh, I would love to comment. Can't I love tell commenting. you anything about it though. Okay. Uh, and so I'm so intrigued by that statement. I can't even imagine what it could possibly be. We uh, we have two mid-level Star Trek experts coming on. Mid-level is in. Uh, one of them stated that he's going to dad his way through the knowledge, which is perfect. Because yeah. that's how we want to talk about Star Trek. Yeah. Somebody knows nothing. I know a little. Nothing. That's our interview style. One of us always knows something, and the other one knows nothing. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Star Trek has always been really boring. I bet we don't talk about Star Trek the whole time. But yeah, we will. It's not oh, boring. I, uh, I know. Back to the gardening thing. That community cold storage idea yeah. that I had floated around for a little bit. Like, Ooh. that could be a whole other discussion. But Explain that, that real quick. That goes back to a lot of the things that we were saying about how other, like, it enables a bunch of other people to do that, right? To store food. Yeah, because, like, as we transition from community <coughs> gardeners to wanting to be more, yeah. like, you find your niche, right? Like, you guys found a sweet niche, mm-hmm. like, whether it's a product or something. And Jen and I thought, I was like, well, whether it's a community gardener or like a uh, single farmer CSA or something like people need a better place to like store this totally. stuff, whether it's in, uh, we had thought about like a rentable space and like, you know, it, it ran up against like, well, if like, yeah, this is a great idea. Oh, really? So are you going to use it? Well, I don't know. And like, you know, trying to find how good of an idea that is. So yeah. we're still at that stage. That's still an idea that we're, rolling with but like we're still trying to figure out a way to gauge the need yeah we've talked to a lot of the organizations in town and like have access to you know people's email list to like kind of get a survey out there but like we're kind of still at that point and it's a tough thing also because like the need is everyone needs it everyone could use it you know what i mean like there should be more of that shit but it's also one of those things that people don't necessarily have to think about right you know like what what having that much cold storage could do mm-hmm. um so it's it's like how do you sit someone down know, to I, talk to him about the advent of cold storage i know i have, yeah. no idea. I have yeah. like i i understand what you guys are talking about but i have no idea what you guys are talking about just more <laughs> predictable ways to store stuff over the winter yeah and like people you know if I go, you I, I go to uh it's uh fresh market right down the street yeah i mean that's probably how oh, i remember when i used to go to grocery stores that's, yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say yeah. this is like this is probably a typical discussion in town right. with your anybody that's like uh anybody that doesn't understand why you want to do it yeah. is like well but we have grocery stores that must be the main horrible argument of it, like yeah. well mm-hmm. but that's where i get my lettuce down there and it's easy. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can see it benefiting, like, the smaller CSAs. I was like, well, I'm going to grow more of this crop because I know I can dependably store it over the winter. And then that helps the winter farmer's market be better. And, like, you know. I mean, there are a, so many people in Missoula that are interested in small-scale agriculture. And the number one infrastructure expense that is basically way too big for every small-scale farmer is cold storage. It's fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. And if it's yeah. not expensive, it's like you got to dig a really deep hole. I was going to say, mm-hmm. is this like, is the only way to do it as a root cellar or electricity? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's but one or the yeah. other, I right? mean, even I even think like a community walk-in cooler is a rad thing. What are you going to do up in Potomac? Yeah. Um, we're going to do, you know, that, that is it Coolbot or Chip? The Coolbot. Coolbot, yeah. Yeah. So that our friends out, uh, 
west of town. Service. No, well, yeah, yeah. but not, I think they're going to do a cool bot too. Yeah. Uh, but these people have a cool bot and it works so great. Those it's are, awesome. And that's like, I was wondering. that turns a, an $8,000 expense into a $300 expense yeah. pretty quickly. Mm. Awesome. Cool. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Adam Sherbet. When I met him 16 years ago at the old post, yeah. as a bartender, he introduced himself to me as, I said, hi, I'm Travis. I'm playing music tonight. I was just wondering where we set up, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't, he didn't say anything. He looked at me and said, they call me the Sherba. And he walked away. And he did that to me like five times. That's awesome. They call me the Sherba. That was in the Iron Lasso days. Literally. Yeah. Yes. I, my first cell phone camera took pictures of Iron Lasso's last show. Funny. Is that a band? Yeah. yeah. That was a great band. Which uh, I have weird ties with them. Like I've been in bands with Mason Tuttle. Uh-huh. I used to live where Fred Kellner lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Ivan. call me the Sherba. <laughs> Ivan. Ivan. I played with Ivan a couple times. Yeah. It's really strange. That's where we keep our bees out of the service. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you know uh, what the main? And I'm just learning about bees finally because I have so much local honey, and mm-hmm. it's all different colors. It all completely tastes different. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the main? Uh, what your main ingredient of your bees is? Um, no. I, th- there's a That's real so nice napweed, napweed uh, bloom towards the end of the year, and that I think that figures really heavily, but. We got our bees earlier, so I think they got in on the lilac early, and then all the flowers that were out there, and like, um, there's some uh, everything that they got going on at the tall trees nursery, and then napweed. So it's just a good mix. That's cool. Love it. Yeah, that's super cool. I think we did it. Yeah, I think we did it. Holy shit. Yeah, good one. Uh, we're glad to have you on. Glad to be on. Yeah, thank you very uh, much. This was. What. Oh, Jamie and Travis present. present. Uh, we'll we'll do nice. an intro that'll also have us doing that. Awesome. Uh, Brian just looked horrified. <laughs> I was like, I was like, told you. What? Every time we have to do that in front of you. You made a face like, oh, I didn't think you guys were those kinds of people. <laughs> Bummer. Hmm. Oh, they have a podcast. Edit. And they have that. <laughs> Sound like a bunch no, of I Republicans. Just, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Yeah, uh, oh, I would love to come back. Any sort of please, Star Trek needs, archaeological. Please. We'll have a roundtable about, I'm sure we'll have a roundtable about co-op gardening. We'll have a roundtable about science fiction here. And maybe we uh, could do it in a cave. Ugh. That would be cool. Never find our way out. We pick up all kinds of spirit voices on the mics. <laughs> yeah. oh, hey, actually, in closing, uh, your name is Brian Herbal. Brian Herbal. Who calls you Brian, other than me? Uh, most people here in town. I went, oh. I went by Herb for... A long time yeah. from grade school all the way through college, pretty much. And then when I moved here, everyone just started calling me Brian for some reason. I was like, oh, that's "Well, it's cool. your name, it's but cool. also it's my name." Do you prefer Herb? No, oh. either either one. You don't care. No, oh, unflappable. You're so unflappable. Unflappable. Well, thank the you very much. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.